Hey now. The game after work. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, Big Steve is right now calling up our special guest here. Uh, we're going to talk to you here in just a few moments. It's Mason Both from Email Online. 537-1350 is the number to call. Breaking news from earlier today, and that is Jalen Daniels, quarterback for the Kansas Jayhawks, expected to miss the rest of the season with a grade three separation of his right shoulder. I'll be honest with you, I was shocked to see that news. I had seen a report or two maybe of somebody say like two to four weeks for an injury like that. I was not expecting the whole season. was not expecting him to play Saturday against Oklahoma and uh, with Dylan Gabriel possibly coming back for the Sooners. I guess the big question, though, can Jason Bean keep it rolling for KU, who is now 5-1 and one and a 2-1 and one record in the Big 12? Yes, your K-State Wildcats after a win. At Iowa State is at the top of the leaderboard with a record of 3-0 in conference play, 5-1 overall. Also still to come, we're going to hear from Coach Chris Klein and his presser highlights from uh, earlier today. Number one song of the day, you're going to ask us anything. We'll wrap up the uh, the show today. Uh, did you guys see uh, Brett Yormark? Uh, he, he's, in, uh, he's in New York City, my home away from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's out there promoting the Big 12, doing his thing. You know, okay. His expertise of making... The Big 12 now a global brand, but he's starting, you know, domestically. Right. But might as well you know, get out there to the Big Apple from, uh, see what they give some love to the Little Apple. But he uh, he posed for a picture with New York City Mayor Eric Adams. And Eric Adams, it wasn't too long ago where he was, uh, he said that, what, there's no culture or that, what, there's no brand? Yes. Or, uh, no brand in Kansas. New York City has a brand. Kansas does not. Well, Brett Yormark takes a picture with... Mayor Adams with the KU football jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Brett Yormark. It's been good been good having you around. Liz, Liz, Liz like, I'll give you got game day one Back time. Back up your stuff. Game day one time, and all of a sudden there's a brand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll give him credit. That's a pretty good take on it, but it yeah. could have been a K-State jersey. should have been a K-State jersey. Scoring no points with me. Hey, that way to keep us relevant, that's great. Your mark, you got some splaining to do. <laughs> you got some splaining to do. All right, is our guest ready, uh, Big Steve? All right, let's talk to Mason Voth. He's a former host of the game, and now he's uh, with Email Online doing a fantastic job, giving us all the news and notes and behind the scenes, what's all going on with uh, K-State football and also basketball there with uh, Email Online. Well, Mason, good to talk to you, and thank you for your time. How did you celebrate Dayton Moore, Mike Matheny, Cal Edred <laughs> all losing their job? Uh, I, I, there were there was a lot of celebrating that went on. My wife didn't quite understand it. I I like ran out of the shower when the news came across, and I said, <laughs> "Oh my goodness, this is the best day ever! Royals baseball matters again." They fired Dayton Moore, and she was like, "Why should I care?" And all this kind of stuff. I was like, "Okay, well." This is why you should care, but it was awesome. Uh, I really don't, you know, the the Mike Matheny stuff, whatever, like, he wasn't great, but he also wasn't terrible. He wasn't the main reason they were awful. That was Dayton Moore and Kyle Aldred. So I'm glad that they, uh, they those guys are out of the, the system now, and uh, it's fun to be a Royals fan again. So I'm looking forward to 2023. So you did a naked run through the house? <laughs> No, no, no. It was after the the shower had concluded. It was not a naked run through the house. No, I've got 
I've got a little bit more pride for myself than doing that. I, I at least took the time to, to, to get get clothes on after the news came about. I wasn't like, this this can't wait. I gotta I gotta do this as soon as possible. I thought I thought you uh, were trying to tell us that uh, you run through the house naked and maybe waving like a World Series towel. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We're going streaking. That's what we're gonna go with. That's just what we're gonna report. <laughs> Is that he got naked for the announcement? Which that's is, what I heard. Really I mean, exciting. That's yeah. Uh, okay, so um, cats get it done at Iowa State. I know you weren't able to be there, but I'm sure you watched the game, and I know you did a uh, long recap there on your uh, YouTube um, account. You put a video up there, but uh, just to keep it short, what what did stand out to you about that win, about the grind, and about getting it done by one point? Uh, I think the number one thing that that stood out to me is that the K-State defense was able to go toe-to-toe with Iowa State's defense, which might very well be the best in the Big 12. So that's one significant mark. I think the other one is the total 180 that Adrian Martinez has done. And we obviously saw it through the first two games of conference play, but I think it was reaffirming to see against Iowa State that now it was a little bit low scoring and it it was tight the entire game. But he was still the reason why they got things done. And really, he was the sole reason why things happened on offense against Iowa State. So he's gone from, okay, this could be really nice to have him here, to you need to pick it up. And now all of a sudden, he's morphed into being as important to this offense, in my eyes, as Deuce Vaughn is. And honestly, like this is going to sound like really shocking to people when I say it, but I think it is important at this point. Like, if Adrian Martinez went down for an extended period of time, that would be more significant than if Deuce Vaughn had to miss a game or two, just because he's now starting to actually make plays, and they need him to, to do that at quarterback because he has to help out some of the other guys on the offense to make up for the deficiencies there. Um, and certainly, like, Deuce is still incredible. He's still the best player on this team, and you absolutely have to have him. But they could survive a little bit without Deuce Vaughn, they would not be able to survive without Adrian Martinez now. And I think that the Iowa State game just kind of reaffirmed that to me. And I, I think in a way you did answer my next question, but I'm going to still ask it because I want to bring up his name. That's DJ Giddens, who Coach Kleiman was asked about him earlier today at the press conference. Do you think Giddens should get more carries when it comes to the, the just the total carries for running backs? Uh, I, think that, I think they need to find better ways early on to get him involved where – it seems like, for the most part, they're almost scared that they're going to miss out on a big play from Deuce Vaughn. So every single touch early in a game has to go Deuce's way if it's not going to be something that heavily involves Martinez. And so I think that you got to find ways to give him a couple carries here and there in the first and second quarter. That way, when you get to the third and later on in the fourth, you're not concerned that this guy's cold and hasn't touched the ball the entire game. And you don't want to put that burden on a, on a younger guy because that's kind of been the reasoning that Coach Kleiman has given uh, over the, the first couple of weeks of the season. So I would like to find just a few more touches better spread out throughout the game um, because also like just take a little bit more of the workload off of Deuce Vaughn because not only does he have to carry you with how many times he's going to run the ball, but now all of a sudden he's in a position where he's got to be one of like your second or third best blocking players uh, on the offense. So. Uh, find any way you can to just ease things up a little bit for Deuce Vaughn. Speaking with Mason Voth from Email Online, defensive side of the football, other than Felix, who do you have right now as your defensive MVP? 
Uh, that, I mean, that's a good question. I think if it had been maybe a week or two ago, I, I would have gone Daniel Green because I think he just moves around nicely. And some of the plays that he's been able to make early in the season really stood out to me. But uh, there are a lot of other guys that are kind of sliding into that role. And I think that Josh Hayes is probably the, the guy that should come up next because if you think about the game against Iowa State on Saturday, and obviously it earned him Defensive Player of the Week honors, but there were so many plays early in that first half and really the first quarter where the defense wasn't necessarily slowing Iowa State down as much as you would have liked. And he made some tackles that at least forced them to run a couple extra plays or prevented even bigger plays from happening. And I, I think he's just a really smart player that finds a way to get all over the place. And then it's just invaluable because you have so many guys that are kind of new to, to playing in that secondary that you have a guy that has as much experience as he does. So I would probably follow uh, Felix with, with Josh Hayes. Speaking with Mason Voth again from Email Online, he's also a former uh, host of this show. Saw him earlier today at the Coach Kleiman press conference, which actually reminded me of a, another question I want to ask about the offense. And uh, I think I, I have mixed feelings about the offensive line. You know, I think at times as a unit they can play well. Um, they were pretty good through uh, non-con play and even into the Oklahoma game of not giving up sacks and uh, protecting Adrian Martinez. But you know, I, I did think uh, we have seen maybe not Cooper Beebe, but everybody else at a time maybe make a mistake or two. And I don't want to hark on him too much, but I mean, how would you grade out the offensive line right now through six games? Um, I would I would probably give them a C plus. So they, I mean, look, I was kind of a C plus type of guy when I was in college, and it worked Better out. Than me. I still got my degree. My my parents were still semi proud of me, and I was still cool with what I accomplished. And nobody was going to think that I was a loser, but nobody was going to think, "Hey, you're overachieving right now." And I think that's kind of where the offensive line is at. They're at that C plus level where most of the time you can rely on a handful of them to, to step up and, and let plays happen. But when things break down, kind of like me with a macroeconomics test, they really break down. And that's the concern is that Adrian Martinez too many times is immediately seeing guys in his face, especially like Will McDonald this past weekend, who's one of the, the better pass rushers in the Big 12. So I, I think that C-plus is probably accurate. They need to get a little bit better there. It would be nice if they were a little little bit healthier. Um, it's encouraging that Andrew Langang made the trip to Ames last week and didn't play, but then Chris Kleiman brings up that he's getting back into the fold uh, this past week. So if they can find ways to improve just a little bit, maybe this bye week is going to give them a chance to, to maybe change how they operate a little bit more. Uh, I think that'd be significant because they certainly could be better, and once they are, that's going to put them in a really nice spot. My Will McDonald would be like a science test. Luckily, I had a, uh, a teacher in 10th grade that kind of led me coast through science, and I didn't have to take another science. Oh, no, I took animal science. Animal science wasn't that difficult. We just kind of learned about steaks and chickens. And ah! Here's a cow. Here's a the chicken. Here's yeah. a goat. What sound does a cow make? <laughs> Moo. Moo. Yeah. Perfect. Sophia's in that same class, I do. I have a question for for Mr. Voth. Go ahead. Is it okay? Okay. 
Mr. Vote DG here. Uh, where were you on asking Kleiman uh, about the Inchirito versus Double Decker question? You asked about the McRib, and then you mm. go, you I mean, you go kind of like a little bit softball on him and don't make him answer that question. Uh, what's your story there? Uh, that's a good point. I was I, I can't steal the the food beef from uh, my my former coworker Sharon Wichita though. That's their thing. They told me to ask that, uh, so I had to do it for them, and it was a big hit. It was kind of like stolen valor though, because <laughs> I wasn't really the one that came up with the question. It was those guys, but I got like the social media views and likes out of it. So um, uh, yeah, I I shouldn't take all the credit for it, but I'll I'll think of that next time. I don't know. The McRib is kind of universally known, though. I'm not sure how much of a Taco Bell Chris, guy Chris Feynman is, so I don't know if those would register. With you. Yeah. Didn't inherit that from Coach Snyder? Nah, his reaction to the McRib question, I don't know. Real, That's a good point, Mason. I don't know if you want to go in, even say the word in Chirito around him because he might just flip out. I don't know. <laughs> but you took the I will, heat. I will, oh, yeah. Well, I will say this, though. Based off of Gene Taylor's reaction, yeah. he's a McRib guy. He's a McRib guy. <laughs> and I think he considered, like, you know, maybe, like, reducing Kleiman's salary when he was funded with, like, a disgusting no. So, he, Gene Taylor might be the guy to ask uh, your Taco Bell question. Well, what about, uh, like, getting back to the uh, – the, like, the ballpark concession stand bit. Like, isn't that something, like – like if you go on the road with email online and you know what's next, Amogee Carter Stadium, that's a five-hour drive for you. Like at halftime, could you go downstairs and get something? Uh, I've thought about it. I was going to try and do that uh, in Norman, and I, I texted uh, one of the guys that I, I know that went to Oklahoma and now is in radio down there. And I just said, "Hey, like, is there anything at the stadium that I should try?" And he didn't have, like, any good recommendations for me. He said that it's actually, like, pretty bland and boring. I was like, okay, well, this doesn't really do it for me. Uh, but I'm, I will I will try to find something if somewhere has it. And I know, like, my cousin and his family live down in Fort Worth, and they're big TCU fans. So I may have some inside scoop there. Uh, and I'll try and find something at Amy G. Carter State. Well, I guess, now that I think about it, I mean, the worst time to go to the concession would be halftime. Just be plugged up Ugh. with slow moving lines. I mean, it, it'll be tough to actually pull that job off. Infrastructure at that stadium, I since they redid it, I'm not sure about. But previously, it would have ranked just above Kansas. So yeah, they, it's a little it's a little small. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what to think of it. Mason got a couple more for you. Who's winning on Saturday? Because K State's next two opponents will play each other. In a top fifteen matchup, it's good. I'm sure it'll be a great game. But who do you have? You got Oklahoma State or TCU? I am going to go with Oklahoma State. Uh, they have they have surprised me throughout the entirety of the season. I thought after the first couple of games that the, their defense would just get shredded by everybody, and they would put up a ton of points. Turns out the defense has kind of held their own better than I would have thought. And because of that, I think that they've got the better offense than TCU um, because the Horned Frogs have, have kind of, I think, lucked out with who they've had to go up against uh, the last couple of weeks. And Oklahoma State, they've just kind of been consistent all the way through. And Spencer Sanders is playing, to me, like the best quarterback in the league right now. So I think Oklahoma State finds a way to get the job done, uh, and, and they come out on top this weekend. Or as we wrap up, do you have anybody on your radar on who the Royals should hire as a new manager? 
Uh, I, I don't. I'm, I'm just kind of letting it, it come, and I will let J.J. Piccolo figure that out, and then I will just badmouth him if he picks somebody else. <laughs> I'll give it six months. Mason, uh, let, us know, uh, let us know how to get signed up for email online. Yeah, all you got to do is uh, go over to Rivals, go to the, the K-State tab and email online, and then you can get signed up there. I'm going to have to yell at my dog because uh, she's losing her mind at kids walking off the bus. So that's great. Um, but, yeah, uh, go over there to email online and Rivals. Find everything you need there. You can also find us on YouTube or me on Twitter. And uh, congratulations to DG on becoming a dad again. Hey, thank you, brother. I appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. Mason, thank you for your time. Uh, I'll let you let the dog out to scare the kids and uh, say hi to Bud for us. Uh, I will do all of those things. All right, that's Mason Voth from Ema Online. Again, follow those directions that Mason gave you and go follow the premium content they have over there at Ema Online about K-State football and basketball. Basketball this season starts exhibition play three weeks from today. Wow. Against Washburn. Yeah, it'll be right, right around the corner. A week from tomorrow is Media Day in Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, a week from Wednesday, we'll have a lot of the shows surrounding Media Day with K-State men's basketball. All right, when we come back, take a timeout and uh, hear from Coach Kleiman. What he had to say at his press conference earlier today, you're listening to The Game. Seven eight five five three seven thirteen fifty is the number to call the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, and Big Steve with us. His arms doing much better, no longer in a sling. He had a week off from work. That was, and we kind of touched on it. It was a gruesome sounding injury, but meat off the bone type of deal. Yeah, basically muscle tearing, but it's all better now. I did go see a specialist and all that and got on like a little exercise regimen. Doing better now. The main reason it messed up, they seem to think, was because I did stop working out for a brief period of time. And then all of a sudden for two weeks straight, I was doing like a lot of heavy work, like moving a lot of gear in and out. And that stuff's heavy. What do you bench? Um, I haven't actually benched in a while, so I don't have like a number. I mean, are you lifting or just running or... I mean, a little bit of, it's mostly just push-ups and running, a lot of cardio. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. That's, I'm more of a cardio guy. You need to bulk up big time. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to head into the winter, get working on my abs, you know, get in that squat rack and lift something heavy. (laughs) And then always remember too, if you're lifting like that heavy stuff, you always want to Lift with your back and yeah, in a and a jerking, jerking twisting yeah, motion, jerking, exactly, twisting yes. type. Of also, motion. get like a bunch of chalk on your hands oh, and then like yeah. clap, 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 and yeah. stuff. Yeah, make sure yeah. you do it as fast as possible too. Yeah, like you just gotta just stand up, just. <laughs> yeah. And and when you lift something, make the loudest grunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the attention of the. Of I'm the gym. lifting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> or the. All right, Troy. I. I <laughs> I, I just happened to have this the 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 view in my head of the old Saturday Night Live skit where literally the weightlifter goes to pull up and oh, <laughs> yes. ripped his arms off. Yep. Arms come ripping off. Oh, I remember. Who was that? Was that Martin Short that did that one? Or no, um, Kevin Nealon was on that was doing play by play on it. Yeah, uh, I I don't remember. I'm gonna have to dig that one up. That one's funny. Listen, the loudest grunt. That determines who's the biggest man in that gym. That's true. 
It was uh, it was biceps. A, it was a little distracting to listen the other day to one of the baseball games uh, because the field mic was picking up the grunting of the pitcher on every pitch that he was throwing. And it was a grunt every time. You go, Come on. That is a mic that's a tad bit hot. I, yeah, I will yeah. agree with that. It is, it's weird. A little it, it, awkward. It's the, it's the old joke about watching women's tennis with a copy of Penthouse. <laughs> <laughs> what? Dave G gets it. <laughs> There was a comedian who made a joke a number of years ago that basically was, you know, that that his enjoyment was that he would have women's who, tennis who, on, who turned his back, and have an open copy at Penthouse. Jeez Louise. <laughs> the innocence is now gone. I mean, maybe. Was this, a joke from this se- was this a joke from the 70s? Uh, no, early 2000s. Oh, that's it. I mean, Man, think about that's... it. Come on. At that, at that point, you had Monica Sellis. I just don't think that's a good joke. Martina Hingis. I mean, did it get laughs? Oh, yeah. I mean, DG's over here busting a gut. Just the the look on your face. (laughs) He was so in the dark. He was just like, what? Hold on. Like, this is where I wish we worked in TV because that look was priceless. I just had to think about it for a minute. I was like, like a real comedian. Like, this was on TV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was a success, successful. That was joke. part of his, part of his stand up routine. Yeah, that is a little bit like without the context and and without hearing the the setup and the punchline. It's like that is kind of a dirty, weird. Yeah, joke. And, d- yeah. and to be honest with you, for the early two thousands, that actually is that the timing yeah, does make a little bit of sense. sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about a Bruce Weber update? Oh, what has that guy been up to? What is he doing next? It was actually uh, I saw this picture on Twitter of him today. I retweeted it at Mitch the Fort. Uh, Bruce Weber, uh, as of this ba- basketball season, will not be coaching. Uh, he has found a new job with the Big Ten Network. He'll be an analyst for the Big Ten Network for men's basketball for this upcoming season. Really? He's going to give a shout out to Chris Lowry all the time now. Shout out to uh, my old uh, assistant coach who's at Northwestern mm-hmm. and to turn that program around. And so, uh, I mean, you know what? For somebody who's been coaching for so long, I it, it did shock me a little bit that he didn't find another coaching job somewhere. Maybe he didn't want to. I don't know that whole story. I don't know what he was trying to find. It's still not a bad gig. I mean, it's a nice cushy gig. I, sure. I mean, I'm sure he's making really good money. Mm-hmm. So uh, congrats to Coach Weber on the new gig. I just – I don't want to be that guy, but I'll be that guy. I would think – you're going to be on TV and you're a television analyst, and you're, that means you're going to be breaking down the plays. Bruce's voice doesn't seem like it would be a great voice to hear given, you know what I mean? Like, Digger Phelps always had a good voice for analyst. You know, um, the guy, uh, Steve uh, Lavin, is that his name? The guy, yes. Steve Lavin had a nice voice, you know. Bruce's voice. I hear what you're saying. It yeah. stinks. It, 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 it will work in studio. If it was a game broadcast, It'd be like, oh, God. if he was on site, it would be a little rough, I think. But then again, we've got a guy who. I got to hear it first. Yeah, well, I, 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 obviously, I know what his voice sounds like, but then in a, that setting. Then again, we've got the guy from, you know, who from Detroit who. Anyway. BTP, baby. Dickie V. We all kind of forgot about, though. Bruce's voice when he do press conferences, did we not? We just kind of got used to it. 
Not me. I Not never you. I never got used to it. And I will say I saw him in person one time and I was like, Hey coach. And then he said something like, Oh, you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. Well, what he I took just away, gave me a heads up, you know, the, it, like head it, nod. it wasn't the voice. He just he would kind of ramble on answers to questions sometimes, and it, like somebody was trying to cut up this audio to make it ready for air was a, it was a bit difficult. It yeah. wasn't the voice that really bothered me that much. So here, okay. Yeah, well, we kind of got him then, and then, then, you know, they kind of threw the ball around, and then the next thing we know, uh, they hit 14 threes. It just, you know, that's what it sounded like to me all the time, like a. Uh, like a, you taught a pterodactyl how to talk, and it just I got just made me angry. Are you okay with Coach Kleiman's voice? T- totally. How fine. about Mike DeBini? Is he okay? Jeff Mitty? fantastic. Susie uh, Fritz, perfect. Okay. Um, love uh, uh, our, our guy too. What about Pete Hughes? Pete Hughes is like he's definitely got it. He's good. Um. You just don't like the scratchy voice. The scratchy, uh, kind of high pitch, kind of weirdness going on there. I'm sorry. I, I don't hate the guy. I just think his voice is horrific to listen to. And that would be my last pick for an in-game analyst guy. Or like halftime. Like, oh, halftime, let's kick it to uh, the studio. Where they're like fake laughing about stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you know, they said that, uh, you know, St. John's is going to try to push the tempo. And they did. Oh, God. I'm going to turn it. What is he, Big Ten Network? Big Ten, I don't even know. You'll don't never even watch care. Big Ten Network anyway. No, I'm not watching any Big Ten basketball anyway. I don't want to watch the 33 to, you know, 27 games. I hate that. But, but I, I good for him. Great job. I hope that he goes out and really gets them. You know, good job, buddy. Okay, I need to get to Chris Kleiman press yeah, conference yeah. audio. Uh, I, I'm going to have to cut this in half, basically. But uh, I'll get to a couple of clips here. Emotional win in Ames, we know that. We saw, we saw the hug between him and uh, Gene Taylor. Uh, he's an Iowa guy. We got that breakdown. Um, bye week at a great time. Guys are banged up. Handful of guys that would probably be questionable if it were a game this Saturday, but uh, nobody that got injured uh, on Saturday would be out significant amount of time. I think the closest guy would be Khalid, but uh, we would envision everybody practicing. Probably not this week, but uh, next week for sure. We didn't lose anybody long term. It's football. Obviously, a lot of guys are banged up, bumps and bruises, cuts, you know, sore, you know, everything. Uh, nobody is like healthy. Um, even Deuce Vaughn and Mason mentioned it, and I. It's part of the reason why I want DJ Giddens to get more touches. Not only is he a strong runner, he's going to pick up yards. He rarely does not pick up yards for you. I think they're asking a lot of Deuce Vaughn, and it's a lot of defenses selling out on Deuce, and it's a lot of not successful. Like Deuce has to work his ass off mm-hmm. a lot to pick up first downs. He has to do a ton of work. Yeah, DJ not as much. He he just. <laughs> There's better holes for him because maybe the defense isn't so much focusing on the running back. We haven't. We talked about a little bit earlier, like how Felix, he has thrived even though he's getting double teamed, he's getting chipped. He's still able to get his, like he's still able to eat. Deuce hasn't been able to find, like his way of getting around being the focal point and having just the the approach the defenses are taking on him it's taken him a little bit and i do think he he's a, he's nicked up for sure obviously dave but um dj also not only is he a strong runner good you know fantastic runner but he's a big kid and he can take some of these hits and i think the the hits are compounding on 
Deuce, we need to give him a blow every once in a while. Deuce is still having a great season. For sure. Still the, sure. the best runner in the Big 12, absolutely. And, yes. man, his pass blocking is phenomenal. Did you see that one blo- – it was actually on a run. Yeah. Another one blocker. just threw the guy Ooh, away. That was, a, that was a sick hit. Uh, let's see. Uh, I did want to play this from Chris Kleiman talking about the play of the O-line so far. We lost TP so early, so it kind of put us into a spot where we had to play Hadley because we wanted to play Hadley a little bit more at center. And fortunately for us, Gilly's playing so well, we haven't really worried about pushing him back into center. We've kept him at guard to replace TP. You know, BB's a great player and is an all-conference player. KT's playing really well. Duff's playing well. But I think the guy that's been most impressive to me uh, is Gilly, just because he hasn't played that many snaps prior to this year and he's really done a great job with communication as well as just his play and it's allowed Hadley to get more reps at guard and get him more comfortable I think the old line kind of what Mason said average have been good not great I think the only great offensive lineman the most consistent by far has been Cooper Beebe that's not a shocker uh, everybody else I don't think is very close to Cooper Beebe at least not yet Hadley Panzer I think has been decent mm-hmm. Uh, but th- there hasn't been anybody in that O-line that hasn't made, I think, a big mistake. Um, for I mean, this last game was a great example of that where Hayden Gillum probably missed uh, really on two plays. Uh, rushes that went right up the middle without being touched. And to me, that is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Will McDonald isn't being accounted for on a couple of a couple of times not being accounted for, that's also unacceptable. Um, you know, I, I think this offensive line, even though has been successful at times, it's still a work in progress and has a lot to work on. Um, and I'm glad, you know, right at this time, they have a chance at five and one. I mean, they, there's no doubt about it. They've had success at times. It could be a lot better. Um, so a lot of things to work on. This is a great time to try to work out some of those kinks. Keep your head on a swivel. Make sure you know your assignments and account for, even if it's a delayed blitz, account for the best players on the field. Um, coin toss strategy. Did you guys know that K State in the last seven coin tosses is seven and zero? Really? How about that? Yikes! Going back to the I bowl game against about LSU. It, yeah. yeah. Is there a strategy behind that? You'd have to ask those captains out there because we talk about it all the time of what we're going to do, and that's kind of the big joke: is what do I want to do this week? Because it's changed quite a bit. Kate and I kind of laugh about it and Kate hasn't been out there for all of them, but it's kind of like, okay, what are you thinking? And I know he's excited when I say, oh, I want to take the ball. And I think he kind of turns away from me when I say, oh, I want to defer. But there's a lot of things that play into it every game. I don't know who's called it. If you ask me of the six games, who's called it each time, I don't have any idea, but uh, they're on a hot streak, I think right now. Yes, that is where the hottest of hot streaks is other than K-State 3-0 in Big 12 play, 7-0 in their last seven uh, when it comes to the coin toss. That's been dominated by the Cats and those captains so far. All right, uh, I'll be honest with you. Troy bringing up that joke about tennis and <laughs> penthouse uh, has really thrown me into a tizzy. What? And I'm not focused. Oh. So we need to take a break. Uh, I, 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 was even, I was a little grossed out, freaked out a little bit by it. It just yeah. – uh, weird, weird joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad there's only one comedian that's done it. Suck, sucks I'm not finding it on YouTube. I, I mean, I, I dude, I've been kind of looking yeah. too, and I can't find it. 12-year-old me, 13-year-old, 14-year-old me, loved that joke. Yeah, yeah. Loved it. Um, but when we come back, I also love a little number one song that ain't ask us anything. That's how we'll wrap the show when we come back.
First number one song of the day for October. It's our second, believe it or not, on the 11th. But uh, we got to squeeze in the Beatles from 1965. Ticket to Ride, one week, and number one. And uh, Big Steve, without looking, who's the four members of the Beatles? We've been studying. Yeah, we have. Uh, there's Paul, Ringo, George, and John. Did I do it? Very good. Okay. You got the first names, but last names. Put it all together. Oh, okay. Um, John Lennon, Ringo oh. Starr. Okay. And Paul McCartney. Uh, and then I don't know George last name. Right. George Harrison. Come okay. on. Uh, you at least got the first name. What more do you want from me here? Uh, they're the best band of all time, according to everybody. Debatable. Um, hey, but the- <laughs> Everybody that writes for Rolling Stone says the Beatles are the best. It's so. just like Steve said it the one time, the other time, that they're overrated. And I think that's like saying like a Michael Jordan's overrated. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe there is a little bit of something to that, but he's like the greatest of all time. I mean, you know, it's like an insanely influential. Yeah, it's just like everybody. I, I mean, I will them. give them credit where credit's due. I'm not saying like they didn't make huge advancements in music or anything. I just think. They're not quite like what everybody says they are, you know? They're all ask us anything. How many times do you want to beat up Steve? (laughs) Hey, everybody's allowed to like what they like, okay? No. Uh, No, I don't know. I'm just waiting for I'm just waiting for him to tell us who is who he believes that the most influential band of all time is then. I wasn't gonna drag it in this time. That's a bad Well, uh, no, the question is. Okay, so if they're not the greatest band of all time, then who is? Yeah, well, I know where he's going with that one. Even. Of course, Linkin Park. Oof. We've been over this time and time again. <laughs> they're just outside my top ten. They're just outside of uh, my what the hell. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I, I, I spoke with Troy off the air like a long time ago when it – because we talked about it. It's basically because I've got a more emotional connection to their music and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, so. I'm talking unbiased opinion. You think Unbiasedly? Park, yeah, yeah. Like, I okay. know personally for you, they're your favorite. But, like, unbiased opinion, who, who's the best of all time? Okay. Unbiasedly, best of all time. That one's tricky. Or band or artist. Band or artist. Hey, give me whatever. You know what? I'm going to lean Eminem. He, starting out, he had all the odds against him, made a name for himself, took off, super crazy popular, super crazy successful. Sure. Coming up on the show tomorrow, we've got uh, Meet the Wildcats, King Felix. Uh, also, we'll talk about, uh, I'll talk about Sarah's epidural, and uh, <laughs> we'll play uh, Eminem for two hours straight. Coming up tomorrow on the game. Is that DG not agreeing that <laughs> Eminem's not the best? <laughs> No! 
Would you put him in like top five rappers? Yeah, I'd put him in a top five. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But he's not even the top. He's not even the best hip hop. No. You want to know anything about this MC. song? Yeah, let's Anybody? yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, Anybody? Yeah, yeah, let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, from the fifth studio album called Help. Uh, that was a pretty <laughs> big one. Um, I don't know. Honestly, it's not crazy interesting, but there's a couple things, a couple things in here. Uh, many Americans, when they heard this song, they thought it was just about the British air, uh, a railways ride. Yeah. Uh, it's actually a town in England. Paul McCartney said that, uh, he had a cousin who ran a bar in Ride, England. That's where the ride comes from. Oh. Uh, now... John Lennon had his own... He actually coined the phrase Ticket to Ride for another meaning. He says uh, the girls who worked the streets of Hamburg, Germany, had to have a clean bill of health, and the authorities would give them a card saying that they were clean. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Now, John Lennon also said, quote, This was one of the earliest heavy metal records made. Okay. Big Steve's right. They suck. <laughs> Thank now, you. I, That's <laughs> all I've been saying. When I think metal, I don't think a tambourine. No. no. There's a lot of tambourine in this song. Oof. I would a swing and a miss on that one. Yikes. <sighs> um, okay, so uh, this was the first Beatles song that was th- over three minutes long. Started a new trend of songs longer than 259. Mm-hmm. And this song is credited with making, um, uh, what's that, the, the dude from uh, uh, um, the Beach Boys, Brian, Brian Wilson, Wilson. It, it drove him nuts. That song. I think the Beatles just drove him nuts. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. In LSD. Uh, Stephen King. In his 1977 novel, you've probably heard of it, The Shining, there's a supernatural big band ensemble that plays a swing version of this song in the Overlook Hotel. Whoa. The Carpenters would cover this song in 69, but they would flip the gender. Shh. It's He's Got a Ticket to Ride, and it's Karen Carpenter singing the tune. Whoa. That's cool. Now this song at one point was on Rolling Stone's top five top five hundred songs of all time. It's no longer there, but the last time it was on the list was 2010 at 394. It's not there anymore. You know why? Because all the Eminem hits that are out there now. The Slim Shady LP. There's no doubt the mark on music that that made for sure. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Remember, uh, I, I heard on the radio, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? Oh, yeah. That song. It was amazing. It was the amazing. rap is really weird. Yeah, It's yeah. a weird rap. Yeah, the whole, his whole discography is weird. It's weird. The whole thing's weird. Untraditional. Very untraditional. Uh, let's see. We got a couple of minutes, right? Do we got time to squeeze in a... We got Ask it. us anything? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right, go ahead and we got, we got you. Hold on a second. Do, 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 do. There it is. So yesterday we talked about on K Rock that la- this crazy lady saying that Hocus Pocus Two is sending spells through the TV to your kids. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so I know Hocus Pocus Two is a something. TV show, but is there a TV show that casts a spell on you and makes you just watch? Um, in uh, 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 the the uh, Impractical Jokers, I don't know why I sit down. And I'm just like, Bleh. 
They used to be mine. I laugh my ass off every time. Uh, not as much anymore. Mine actually might be Bar Rescue. Oh, yeah. You go through a whole season. I just like them. the chaos. Yeah. And Shut it down. I like. He used to do that for like bad ones. It's every bar now. He's like, Shut it down. You're about to get in a fist fight every episode. It's crazy. You're ruining your father's legacy. <laughs> Get in a fight with a cook. Every he doesn't time. care. Every time. You know how sad it is? It could be basically your run-of-the-mill History Channel stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That that I that I could just sit and watch. They go, uh, Nazi Germany's greatest hits. No, he means Pawn Stars. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not that. Stor- storage Wars. <laughs> Stefan... Terribly sorry. Distracted by our news director. What was the question? You again? so is there a TV show that puts a spell on band. you, or you're like maybe Artists. you don't even really like the show, but when when it's on, you just watch it for no reason. Ooh, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would have to say I really don't have one. KSA football. You're just like transfixed by the way that they're going through the season, beating opponents. That's you, want, you want to take another swing? <laughs> uh, Bruce Weber's post-game comments. On okay, the there, you yep, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Oh, uh, also, what are you terrified of? Uh, the show ending, on- and uh, I have nothing to do after. <laughs> uh oh, you don't have nothing to do. I, I figured it was terrified of the show continuing to. <laughs> Just fade us out. <laughs>